Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Joyce Barry and Friends, the number one worldwide radio show. The show is outrageous and it's contagious. It will lift your spirits high, you'll feel that you can fly. Transform your attitude, fill it with gratitude. Cut loose and improvise this coaching time today. Joyce is a great coach with an extraordinary approach. Fast on the upbeat, top of the heap. A wild motivator, great simulator. Unstoppable in a humoristic way. Life lessons with passion, joyfully today. You want Joyce as your coach if you want this to be your best year ever. Coach Joyce here. I want this to be your best year ever. I want this to be my best year ever. I want this to be the best year ever for Father Brian McWeeny. I want this to be the best year ever for all our friends worldwide. Welcome to Joyce, Barry, and Friends. We are broadcasting live across America and around the world. This is the Hour to Empower, with stimulating talk, views you can use, memorable quotes, and powerful life lessons. We always have hot guests and cool topics. We even have cool guests and hot topics. You always want to tune us on, tune in, and tune up with us to hear the best of the best. You do not want to miss any of our shows. Each show goes into our archives. Log into Joyce Barry and Friends.com, Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and you will see each guest and each topic on our homepage. You can play and download any of our shows, always informative, inspiring, and motivational. You want to share these special shows with your friends, family, and contacts. You can follow us on Facebook and become a Joyce Barry subscriber and even a fan by going to our Joyce Barry and Friends fan page. Be sure to check like. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us by going to our Blog Talk Radio homepage and clicking follow right below my picture. You can also message me in any of these venues about our show, about our guests, about anything. My official website is JoyceBarry.com, Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E. The chat room is open. Log into the chat room, have fun, and chat away. I go back and forth into the chat room during the show to see what is going on in there. Motivation, inspiration, and an education. Positive, happy thoughts to improve your life, health, and finances. Take positive actions to create a gratifying lifestyle. Life lessons from me, your host, Joyce Barry, straight from the Coach's Corner, and then you will hear from our wonderful guest today. Folks, every day should be treated like a special day. We wish you the finest of friends, the opulence of opportunities, 
the magic of miracles and the happiest of days. May this year be your best year ever. We have a very important show today on stress, how to handle it. I cannot remember a time that so many people worldwide are so stressed out. If it's not one disaster, it's another disaster. We are so blessed to have with us today Father Brian McWeeny, Director of Ecumenical Affairs and Interreligious Activities and a priest of the Archdiocese of New York. And not only did I come to him because of his high religious convictions, but truly he is one of the wisest people I know. It is always a pleasure to talk to him, and he has a way of shedding light on on issues that can all make us feel better. Uh, Father Brian, I'm so grateful that you're with us today. Tough topic. Uh, you're speaking around the world, and everyone's got their list of issues today. If not one thing, it's another. Welcome to the show. We're very grateful that you can be with us. I'm glad to be with you, Joyce. And uh, one of the reasons that there's a lot of stress is because you can hear everything from around the world. Uh, <laughs> yes, we talking good just point. Before the, just before the uh, show began, that uh, years ago we would not be as sensitized to what is happening in Europe or in Africa or in Asia as we are today. Today we can see it as it happens. Uh, when a young child loses his or her life in Nepal, uh, we can see it almost instantaneously. In fact, we have seen actual pictures of the causes of the earthquake and the avalanche of stone and rock uh, coming down upon these little towns and making them disappear under such weight. And it's horrible to conceive of. But years ago, we would hear about an earthquake in Nepal and more or less move on with our life. Now, it's more positive that we can be working for and with those who have nothing and help them out but on the other hand, it, it creates a greater burden on us because we're also dealing with the horrific conditions in the Middle East where people are being uh, shot and beheaded uh, for their religious uh, faith. And we see also the nature of, uh, in our own country of uh, rioting and uh, all kinds of pain that is being experienced by people because of man's indignity to man. Very true. And, you know, when you said about how we are seeing things in the moment today, 
oh my God, the the one that strikes me the most that I'll never forget is watching the news in the morning as I often do when I wake up. I start with the news and I see the plane striking the Twin Towers and you're actually seeing it, not even a delayed reaction in the moment. And that is something that will never leave any of us. We can say exactly what we were doing, where we were. That was the most significant watching that unfold and an assassination of Robert Kennedy as he was uh, just passing through the kitchen after giving a speech for an entrance and actually seeing him shot. So those two things left such a deep impression. The other things we hear about it a bit delayed, a bit after the fact, but actually watching it, it's surreal. Uh, You're absolutely right. And uh, sometimes uh, we forget that we are human beings and we can only take so much pressure. And that's the cause of our talk today, that how do we handle all of this stress? Because on top of this cosmic stress that we're experiencing because of world events, you also have the personal stresses of working with people in your office or having some family difficulties and the pressure of working uh, 24-7. One of the things uh, we were promised, that was a false promise, to us, Joyce, was in the 50s and 60s, we would read in the comic uh, pages, there would be certain uh, comics that would tell us how the future is going to be. And it would say to us, well, in the future, you can work at home, uh, you can enjoy a relaxation a lot more because uh, machines will be doing your work and you will not need all of the time that you now spend working uh, being at your desk. And, and that really has developed into a lie because now we see people, and I've been on the uh, commuter trains occasionally uh, with my present job. I was commuting for a while up to Westchester, and you see people early in the morning, barely with their eyes open, and they're on their iPads. They're on their uh, uh, laptop computers. And then you see them exhausted at the end of the day on their iPads, on their iPhones. And work never seems to end. And when they go into their, their homes, many times they're still responding to emails from others and not creating a time for family and a time for them to rejuvenate their human batteries. Oh, my God, that is so true, so true. Not only do people really don't even know how to relax, they're on vacation, they're busy with their computer and and they're tweeting. Uh, The thing that strikes me most is I went to a family kind of uh, restaurant, an Italian restaurant, a very nice atmosphere, and at the very table next to me was a whole family, uh, two teenagers, the parents, uh, so there's four or five of them, maybe it was three teenagers there. I don't remember now. All I remember that here was this gal at the table, one of the uh, the daughter, and the entire 
dinner, she was texting the entire dinner. I never saw her stop and take a, a, a bite of food. And at the point where the literally, the waiter came with the check, her meal was still sitting on the table. I thought there was a time when the family can really be together, appreciate each other, talk about the day's events, and hear the entire meal, and not one word was said to her. I was very struck that no one said, put that away and have dinner, and the entire meal was on her plate, and she didn't even bother uh, to ask for it to go, as most people would, so clearly all she cared about was her texting. Joy, the only amazement I have about that story is that there was only one person at the table on their iPhone. Oh. <laughs> Any time, all three kids would be on the iPhone. And they could be eating with strangers. Or mom, and, mom could have killed dad during the dessert, and they wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. Good that point. Is a bad thing. Years ago, a priest used to criticize uh, families just sitting in front of the boob tube, as they called it. Now, we would rejoice in that, that they were in the same room informed by the same uh, activity. But today, uh, Junior's over over, uh, doing his uh, iPad stuff. And sisters outside uh, communicating with her girlfriend and everything like that, you know. So it's it's a crazy situation. Well, it may be sad to watch this unfold at a table. I wouldn't allow it if someone was having dinner with me. But what's scary, beyond sad, is these same people are texting while they're driving. Look how many deaths have resulted because it was more important to them to get that text out, to see the text that comes in, than to really be concerned about their life and the cars around them, pedestrians around them. That is really scary. It really is, and uh, we see so much distraction by driving. And one of the things, it's certainly not uh, that we know of, involved in this uh, train crash uh, in the northeast corridor of Amtrak, but we have been told that many engineers uh, were found to be texting as they were driving uh, trains, metro areas, and uh, th- that's very, very sad. I know uh, we have a problem with New York City cab drivers yes. uh, doing the same thing. But, you know, the thing is we have become addicted to the iPhone. We have become addicted uh, to texting because it's easier for us to communicate with somebody through the written word rather than talking to them. And unfortunately, because of that fact, uh, I think communication has never been worse in our life. Agreed. Uh, You brought up Amtrak. That is the one I wanted to speak about first as well, because it's so recent. And I want to share with you uh, someone in particular that was caught up in that, and then I'll explain the reason. Uh, A U.S. Naval Academy midshipman heading home to Queens on leave, an Associated Press staffer on his way back to New Jersey, a Philadelphia CEO who lived in Manhattan with her husband and children, a Wells Fargo 
Show executive and a CUNY dean who had just gotten his doctorate degree are among the eight people killed when an Amtrak train derailed in Philadelphia Tuesday night, May 12. Eight people are dead. More than 200 were injured in the crash, some of them critically. And I just want to make reference to one of those eight people that were killed, and, and, and you'll understand why. Justin Zimser, the midshipman at the U.S. Naval Academy, was on his way home from school. The Amtrak death toll included 20-year-old Justin Zemser, Rockaway Beach, who was studying at the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. His mother said he was on his way back home from a break at the time of the crash. He was an only child, absolutely wonderful. Everybody looked up to him. Zemser, a popular student and athlete, was in his second year at the Naval Academy, a crucial member of the institution, I'm quoting. He served as vice president of the Jewish Midshipman Club, according to the club's website, played wide receiver on the Academy Sprint football team. At Channel View School for Research, he was valedictorian, student government president, captain of the football team. He also volunteered with a church program, a soup kitchen, and a nursing home, and mentored children with autism. U.S. Senator Charles Schumer said that he was a man of high character, intellectual curiosity, and maturity beyond his years. I singled him out, even though some of the other bios were extraordinary, the people I referenced that were killed. But look at the kind of person that he was, involved with Jewish, uh, uh, an activist with Jewish people, working at the church, and five others, five or six other things. How sad it is to lose someone like that who is such a shining example of what makes the world a better place. Uh, you're absolutely right, and, and certainly our sympathy goes out to his his parents. I saw her uh, reading a, a statement, and uh, you could see her heart breaking right before you. And yeah. Obviously was an exemplary young man. But, you know, even others who are not exemplary, the youngsters that are being killed in the Middle East or in other places, it breaks your heart, Joyce, I'm sure, uh, yeah. to realize that there is uh, so much pain in the world. And, and that's what you and I have to do. We have to... Uh, Take a look at how can we ease the pain of the world. Uh, let me, uh, you know, we're we talking about very serious and very down uh, effects, the war and now this terrible crash. There is a uh, wonderful uh, viral, uh, what do they call that, video going around. I don't know if you've seen it. And uh, apparently this, a young man works at a restaurant and uh, this woman who is uh, has multiple multiple handicaps uh, comes to the restaurant all the time and apparently the, the people in this restaurant bring her in and the first time that this young man who was working at the restaurant saw her he started talking to her and everything like that. 
and he was very gracious and went out and got her food and what she ordered and what she wanted. And then she turned to him and said, would you help me to eat? Because she could not feed herself. And without hesitation, the young man sat down and aided her in eating food. This is going all not, over the country. Yeah, I hadn't heard about this. This is fascinating. Yes, and, and oh, go ahead. It's throughout the country. Now, we can take two perspectives on this. Number one, how wonderful this action is on the part of this young man. But yes. unfortunately, the other part is, are we making it so much a viral thing because it's so extraordinary that other people would go by the scene and not participate in alleviating this woman's need. And so you and I, I think, to face uh, the modern world filled with stress, perhaps we can lessen our own stress by reaching out and serving another brother or sister in the human family. That's a great story. I, I just missed whether he was uh, a, a patron of the restaurant or was he working no, there No, he as worked a at the restaurant. He worked at the restaurant. Oh, he worked there. Yeah. And he went way out of the box to help her. That is awesome. And you're right. Why should that make a viral history when it should all be like that across the board? It should be a very natural and common thing for people to do. You're so right. But it, it's it's uh, the, the doctor who filmed it uh, saw it a couple of days and said, I have to uh, do something about this and make this known. Uh, and so as a physician, he himself has probably seen great pain, and yet he sees now this young man who's alleviating this this woman's difficulties. That is a, an extraordinary story. Let me just see who joined us because it's coming in on an anonymous line. Uh, who's on this line? May I ask? Is this, this is this Joyce? Yes. Is this Mama Joyce? Hey, lady. You got I thought it was. I I can't believe it. I thought it was Reverend Marcus, and it was just one of our callers. So only because I thought maybe he wasn't near his office or his cell phone, so I took that chance. Okay. Uh, yeah, we might possibly have another wonderful guest join us. I was hoping to hear from Reverend Marcus Miranda. So when I saw it on that line, I just thought possibly he didn't have his cell phone with him. Okay, uh, back to you, Father Brian. You, you made several good points already, but that when people do the right thing, when people uh, do something out of the box, it's somehow not mentioned, not made a big deal of. Uh, but what are we hearing in the headlines and the news each and every single day? Uh, we're hearing the tragedies. We're hearing the disasters. And, and there are so many opportunities if we have eyes to see where we can make a difference. Right. And there are so many opportunities. It could be as simple as seeing an elderly person uh, coming off the step on a bus and 
putting your hand out and saying, may I assist you. It could be seeing an elderly person carrying some bundles towards their home and you say, may I help you carry it. And by the way, folks, you should always ask first because even though your intentions are honorable, honorable, that person uh, may not know that they're honorable and you might startle them. So when you want to do a good deed, as I believe you should Every day, find good deeds to do. There are enough around us that need our attention, but always, always ask. Absolutely, because unfortunately, we live in a society and where many perpetrators have uh, taken advantage of our seniors, and uh, so we want to make sure that the senior realizes that you're there to assist and not to victimize. Right, right. And as I said, it's a scary world, so you have to be cautious. So, Father Brian, what do you want to tell people? I, I, we talked about the Amtrak disaster and the kind of extraordinary people that were killed, never dreaming they get on a train and they're not going to get off that train alive. Uh, the, the Samis around the world, ISIS posing a threat around the world. What can you tell people so that we can just calm down? Well, I, I think there are many, many things that we can say. One of the, the things that I would like to share at this point in time is the fact that, well, you know, I don't know when my life is going to end. Joyce, you cannot guarantee me that you'll be here tomorrow. I cannot guarantee you that I will be here tomorrow. So I have to make sure that the moments I do have in life are positive. One exercise one priest once did, he asked his congregation to write their own obituary. And the purpose of that exercise was to say, when you look back on your life, what will people remember about you? Will they remember you as being very narcissistic, involved only with your own issues? Or will they remember, oh, he was involved with the Boy Scouts of America. Oh, she was involved in the American Red Cross. Oh, she... Uh, always was very conscious of the senior citizens in the community. What will they remember about you? And if you cannot write anything like that, then it's time to make make a difference and do something about that. So, Absolutely. you know, yes, we do not know when our life will end or when it will continue, but we make sure that every moment that we utilize is used for the greatest benefit. Now, also, Joyce, talking about uh, family and talking about the uh, iPhone experience that you had, and I've had, and I'm sure every one of your listeners has had, I think it's time to declare five hours off. That, for example, from 5 o'clock until 10 o'clock, that we don't answer our cell phones in terms of texting. If you want to, if someone's calling you, of course, or if you want to call somebody and communicate with them, that's fine. But no texting either way. And focus on the people who are around you, your wife, 
your husband, your children, and make sure that they are lined up as well with that agreement. You know, it's terrible that we have to ask each other today for appointments to talk. But that's how it's gotten, that the communication level has decreased in such a great way. I think also... I agree, and the boundaries should include no texting, no calls while we are having our meal together. I think that is the place that it bothers me more than any other place. And surely if a friend is visiting that I haven't seen in a while, I want to be with that friend. I don't want to be with the friend and their texts. So we have to love and respect each other. I concur 100%. And one of the things, and, and perhaps we can draw this out a little bit later, uh, the idea that we have as a society grown less religious. And this has an impact not only on our relationship with God or whoever we might address as our creator and redeemer, no matter what faith tradition one comes from, but also by not realizing that we have an obligation to a deity, we are also not fulfilling our obligations uh, to one another. Because if I realize that God created me, then I have to come to grips with the fact that he created all of my brothers and sisters, and therefore, out of love for my creator, I must love that creation that he has established. Yes, for sure. Uh, You know, you made a point. You can't guarantee you'll be here tomorrow. None of us can. We don't know what fate has in store for us. But I want to hit home the point of how important time is and why you should really treasure it. Like I said, you're at dinner and you're texting away. You're not valuing the time of the people that are there with you having dinner. But this uh, little poem really does make the point about the value of time. To realize the value of one year, ask a student who failed a final exam. To realize the value of one month, ask a mother who has given birth to a premature baby. To realize the value of one week, ask an editor of a weekly newspaper. To realize the value of one hour, ask the lovers who are waiting to meet. To realize the value of one minute, ask a person who has missed the train, bus, or plane. To realize the value of one second, ask <coughs> excuse me, ask a person who has survived an accident. To realize the value of one millisecond, ask a person who has won a silver medal in the Olympics. Time waits for no one. Treasure every moment you have. How true that is, and now it must be lived, because you and I know the right thing to do, and so does our society many times, and yet does not do it. Not only that, there's such disrespect for one human being to another. I mean, of course, there is the extremes of the terrorism, and they have no value for human life. But I think about being in a car and how someone cuts you off on a dime, and in that split second you could have all been killed. I I am just amazed 
at how people have no regard for human life. I couldn't believe when I saw this on the news that at a bus stop for children coming out of school and the bus literally pulled up to the curb where the kids were and in that little space somehow a car went zooming by that could have killed five, six kids at a time. I never saw anything like that on the right where you don't pass the bus, the bus having stopped for the kids. And the last I heard, they were on a search to locate that car. It just went zooming by. And hopefully with the modern technology and zooming in, they will find that driver. I heard a story this morning that upset me, and it's not about human life. It's about a man who was a contractor mowing the lawn here um, and there was a whole little array of these little ducks, these baby ducks, and he went back and forth with that lawnmower over the ducks. It just drove me nuts. They were so precious and priceless, and people saw it happen. And when I'm so grateful he's in jail because that should be a serious offense to destroy something. It's still a creature of God. And when they asked why he did it, he said they were in my way. So he couldn't go around them or, or do another. He had to go back and forth to make sure he got them all, and that broke my heart. Yes, you know, it, it, it's a horrible uh, existence that people have when they decide to become almost hermits, even in a crowded room. You know, that yeah. they're, they're not really attentive to what is going on in the world. But disregard of human life, disregard of feelings for animals. Uh, I love animals, especially little ones like the, those little ducks. I just like looking at them. And I couldn't believe watching what he was doing. It, it was so unbelievable yeah. Yeah. that people are so cruel. And, and i got to make a confession to you. Um, when I uh, am sort of like... Uh, in a little bit of a funk, I'll turn on my computer and some of these uh, beautiful dogs and cats and the way they interact with their their uh, owners or, or with people uh, amuses me greatly and it really shows God's goodness to us in giving us these beautiful creatures. Why is that a confession? I think that's very beautiful and caring. I feel the same way. I hope that uh, you know people take some time to relax when they do get into a funk and not allow themselves to get into a greater funk. Well, not only relax, finding a way to make your day a positive day, to find a way to do a random act of kindness. Folks, while you're in a funk and when you're not in a funk, what I want to recommend that will really support you is listening to this show every day. Our vision is to make the world a better place. One action and one positive per, one positive action and one person at a time. Here in the wise words of our health guru is why this show is important. Listen to me. I have something to say about a wonderful way to start your day, a way to stimulate your mind and increase your energy, make you feel so good. And guess what? It's free. Weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, hear the Joyce, Barry, and Friends show. You'll find it on the Internet 
on Blog Talk Radio. This show is upbeat and fun and very inspirational. It's informative, educational, and very motivational. There's the Coach's Corner, great quotes and news. There are suggestions, perspectives, and advice you can use to enhance your life and improve your health, plus clever, simple ways to increase your wealth. Joyce's perceptions and personality will keep you captivated, and her guests from many walks of life will always keep you fascinated. When Joyce and her friends speak, it's like you're in the conversation. This is part of what makes her show so unique, really a sensation. For Joyce's friends are not only the guests you're listening to, they're everyone who is tuning in. Yes, I do mean you. So refer your friends and family. They'll be so pleased to know. And let's make Joyce, Barry, and Friends the number one Internet radio show. And, folks, you can partner up with me in having that happen. Simply go to Joyce Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and friends.com, and click on Follow, which you'll find right under my picture on the upper left of the home page. And you will get an email telling you every show, every guest, every topic. And the good news is you need not concern yourself if you're not with us at 11 a.m. live. Uh, all shows go into our archives for your listening pleasure 24 to 7. So, that's my number one advice to you to listen to this show and let us be there for you and support you every day with a different guest, different topic. Uh, Father Brian, um, I know you must account a lot of people that have just lost someone. Like I can only imagine uh, what these people are going through that lost their loved ones in the Amtrak disaster, just to mention the last thing that occurred. What is it you tell these people? Most people don't even know what, what the words to say comfort. Well, I, I think one of the things that's very important for a priest or a minister or rabbi or imam uh, is to always allow the persons to speak rather than us. We have not gone through the experience that they're going through. Each one is unique. For example, Joyce, suppose I were married at this point in my life and I had a very, very bad argument with my wife. And off she goes onto a bus or a subway and in her commute is killed. I have to deal with the fact that the last conversation I had with her was one that was really separating us, that was angry, that was upset. That might be very different than someone else who lost someone on that same bus who They've been married 56 years, never left each other's side without saying, I love you. The loss is the same, and yet it's different. Yes. So the minister and the priest have to let the people speak and empathize with that person. 
And then when they're ready to receive a word of comfort, then to be there with that word. But sometimes, you know, people say silly things, like walking into a room and saying, well, it's God's will. You know, that that's very, you know, uh, empty if the person has just lost their two-year-old child to a heart ailment. Yes. You have to yes. let the people express their anger, their doubt in faith. They have to be able to express who they are at that moment, and then once that happens, then perhaps the person will be open to hearing the fact that it is God who will be their companion throughout this horrible, horrible time. And we have to have faith in God, and we have to look to God, because when these things happen to us, the immediate thought is, why me? Why me? And the answer comes back, why not you? And sometimes you never know how that tragedy can turn into something else. It could turn into you being an advocate for people that have gone through the same thing and really helping them through it. You hear story after story how someone took lemons and turned it into lemonade and made a huge difference in the world. But, of course, the, the instinct is, why me? Uh, absolutely, but what you say is so true. Uh, as you know, um, Rabbi uh, Joe Potasik and I are good friends, and and Rabbi and I were, went together uh, just recently to the New York Board of Rabbis, and there were 25 men and women who had in common that they all had been affected in some way by terrorism. Some wow. had experienced. Some of them had experienced it in Israel, others in Spain, others in Colombia, South America, and some were survivors of 9-11. And one of the women who, is, uh, who lost so much on that day uh, started a group called Strength to Strength. And as you say, Joyce, uh, she turned her negative experience into a very positive force for good, helping these young people deal with the reality of terrorism in the world in which we live. Is there a website for that? I think that's a great resource for people. It's probably probably simply strength to strength. Strength Uh, As as the youngsters say, strength to strength. As the youngsters say, Google it. And I'm sure right, you'll find Right, right, I will. I think that's a great resource. And I probably uh, want to invite her on the show. Do you have a contact number for her? I, I don't, no. Would the rabbi have rabbi it? Rabbi Fasnick might have it. Okay, I'll check. But that is a great resource. I, I, I do believe that no matter how much the pain, the struggle, the difficulty to get through, when you have other like-minded people, people have gone through what you have, it does 
make it a bit easier. That's why they have these groups all over for people who are fighting an alcohol addiction or other kinds of addictions. It does help when you have somebody there to mentor you. Absolutely. So let me ask you this, Father Brian. What is the most difficult kind of counseling for you? Where is it really, uh, you know, where it really pains you to even counsel someone because of uh, of having so much empathy for what they're going through? I think the most painful counseling for me is the abused person because many times they will come feeling guilty that somehow they have done something wrong. Yes, I've that heard they that. have failed. And you have to try to build them up. Their humanity has been destroyed by the abuser. And so it takes a terribly long time uh, to build up that sense of human feeling that will make that person uh, look at their life and say, no more. No more How I am I going to endure uh, this inhuman behavior. That would be the most difficult. It's the longest journey sometimes to be with uh, some of these wonderful people who uh, don't believe in themselves because they've been told by uh, abusers that they are worthless and that they don't have uh, anything to give to the world. And usually, sad to say, the opposite is absolutely true. Sometimes these people are the most talented people you would ever want to meet. You made such a good point that they somehow feel they created it, that it was their fault, that they did something wrong. And the other piece to that same puzzle, when the person who abused them comes back with the apology, I'm so sorry, I lost it, it'll never happen again. And especially women come out of the shelters where they're secure and feeling safe, go back with the abuser, and then it doesn't take 24 hours when they're back uh, being battered again. That's really sad. It really is, and uh, it's a pattern that we have seen over and over and over again. Uh, so let's talk a bit about ISIS, another major threat worldwide. You never know where they're going to spring up, and they're sending out a barrage of threats using social media. So what do we tell people that you can't keep looking over your shoulder? You have to feel somewhat secure and safe in this world. What do we tell them? Well, uh, this is one of the causes of stress, I think because people are worried about those things that they have absolutely no control over. And this is where our faith in God is so significant, so very, very important. We cannot be imprisoned in our homes, in our communities, by those who are involved in terror. We have to live our life seeking the protection of God, seeking God's guidance. Now, for you and I, Joyce, to say, well, for our summer vacation, 
we're going to go to uh, Baghdad. Well, that's kind of nuts. I mean, if we were involved in some uh, life-saving work, if we were with a group that was involved in trying to alleviate the sufferings of our brothers and sisters, then, then we should do that. But just to uh, put ourselves in harm's way unnecessarily is foolish. But we must always have faith in others and faith in ourselves. One of the things, I have been to the Holy Land twice. What a great honor and privilege it was to walk where the prophets walked, to where my Lord Jesus walked. And would I go back tomorrow morning? Absolutely. Would I organize a tour? I probably would be a little slow because I would not want it on my conscience that something might happen uh, that took the life of someone else. But I have no fear whatsoever between uh, the authorities that are there uh, exercising great wisdom and, and safety, but also I'm not going to let somebody I don't know determine my itinerary for my life. Very well stated. And you made another very important point. If you don't have control over something, you're just wasting your energy on reflecting on that thing uh, that you have no control over. Uh, you have to just, you know, use common sense about where to stay away to not put yourself in harm's way. That's all true. But if we don't have control over it, I believe that we should just uh, have faith and believe that we're in God's hands and we'll be okay. I want to share something that will just take a moment or two. Uh, it's from who we call the voice of reason, my favorite radio personality, John Bell. And uh, he gave these extraordinary reflections that really, once again, uh, drives home the value of your time. It's funny how every once in a while we start reflecting on life. Has it ever made sense? Will it ever make sense? We wonder why we spend so much time doing things we have to do and so little time doing the things we really want to do. We spend so much time with people who add nothing to our lives and so little time with people we love. We acquire too much that's only temporary and too little that has lasting value. And we face new challenges, but usually with old ideas. We open and close our hearts at the wrong times, often letting in sorrow, excluding joy. We figure out the answers, but usually long after it's too late to solve the problems. And yet we rise each morning, ready to fill another day with our hopes and dreams and aspirations, determined to make it all different, do it better, do it right this time. Our dreams are filled with hopes for new tomorrows. And as Langston Hughes said, hold fast to your dreams, for if dreams die, life is but a broken-winged bird that cannot fly. So we must all hold fast to our dreams, so that even when our wings are broken, our spirit is not. Go out and have a great day. Father Brian, isn't that very good advice? Oh, absolutely. And I think it's very much... Uh, similar to what you and I have been discussing these last few minutes. Yes. 
we call him the voice of reason. He always says very sage advice. So as we're kind of winding down here, I want to know what message you want to leave people with, and then I'm going to ask you to make a prayer, your special prayer for everyone. Okay, what I, I would conclude by saying, I think, Joyce, is the fact that stress is a part of our life, but the amount of stress is definitely under our control. And if we have faith in God, then our stress is going to be less because we realize that God did not leave us orphans, but has made a promise to us that he would guide us, strengthen us, and be our companion. In our prayer, I would call to mind the fact of this providential care that God shows each of us. Heavenly Father, watch over us this day, that we might do that which is pleasing to you. Guide those who protect us and strengthen those who lead us, that always, wherever we may be, we may be conscious of our brothers and sisters and assist them in their need. We make this prayer with the recognition that you are the creator of all. Amen. Amen. My goodness, that was so beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And you're so elegant. I just want you to really know how much we appreciate having you on the show, what a special person you are, and I'm very, very grateful that you're a friend of our show. My delight. Uh, and here is uh, my special prayer for all of you. Make this the last day, the very last day of your struggles, your suffering, your ill health, your misfortunes, your problems, your pain, your worries, your troubles, your trials and tribulations. May this be the first day. It is the first day of the rest of your life. May it be the beginning of the very best of your life with extraordinary wishes granted and dreams coming true. Make it the most meaningful year of making more money, good health, good luck, good fortune, attracting special people and opportunities, creating magical memories, and manifesting marvelous miracles. Uh, Father Brian, just let me ask you one question. How strongly do you believe in miracles? Oh, very much so. Very much so because um, I am a a receiver of a miracle. Uh, when I was in first grade, my make a long story short, uh, I was told, and my mom was told, that I would be blind by third grade. Wow. And my mother and father had great faith in God, and especially in the patronage of our Blessed Mother, uh, the Mother of Jesus, and we prayed constantly uh, to her, and to this day that I do not wear glasses now, even though I am 67 and I'm also diabetic, I do not wear glasses. So I consider that a miracle, a miracle for which I'm responsible to do something with every day. Wow, that is an awesome story. It truly is. And I totally believe in miracles. I look forward to them. I know they're all around all of us, they're around all of you folks. If only you believe that you're receiving them and you'll be open to having them enter your life. 
So go out there, create those miracles, and celebrate your life. Celebrate the time you have, the time you were given, the time that will still be uh, given to you. Celebrate resources. Celebrate people, uh, good people everywhere. Celebrate the animals that bring us joy and happiness and see what you can do to pay it forward, a random act of kindness. Take your action, your step to make the world a better place. We can all do something, big or small, and contribute in any way that puts a smile on someone's face and to give people a blessing. Here is our celebration song. I was listening to Blog Talk Radio when my ears heard something that I did know. From the speakers of my laptop, I heard a voice. It was the White Oprah, also known as Joyce. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. I felt so inspired. By her show, and her poetry was just so good, you know. I want to listen to Joyce again and again, as Joyce would say, if not now, when? He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce knows all about having fun. She's a home business wizard and she's just begun. She's a coaching sensation for not just me or you or her. It's for everyone. You can mash. Do the Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She's a home business smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Do the Joyce Barry mash. (laughs) Have a fantastic day and listen to Joyce Barry and friends.